Welcome to AudioPie's English Literature and Language Show. You can dip into huge chunks of over 19 series for free and learn on the go. Happy listening, everyone. When he moved to London in 1822, at the age of 10, Charles Dickens was stopped from going to school by his parents, who were becoming increasingly poor. Two years later, at the age of 12, he was put to work at Warren's Blacking Factory near the River Thames by Charing Cross. In his late 30s, He wrote about this childhood experience. The blacking warehouse was the last house of the left-hand side of the way at Old Hungerford Stairs. It was a crazy, tumble-down old house, literally overrun with rats. Its rotten floors and staircase, and the old grey rats swarming down in the cellars. And the sound of their squeaking and scuffling coming up the stairs at all times, and the dirt and decay of the place, rise up visibly before me as if I were there again. After Dickens had become both famous and successful, he wrote to his close friend John Forster. That he had felt completely rejected by his parents at that early age, and that no one had compassion enough on me, he remembered being utterly neglected and hopeless, and that no words can express the secret agony of my soul. Soon after he had been put to work at the blacking factory, Dickens's father was imprisoned for debt and locked up in the Marshalsea prison near London Bridge. The furniture in the small rented family house was pawned, and the whole family, apart from Charles, moved into the prison to remain together. Dickens took lodgings nearby. And divided his time between the blacking factory and visiting his family in prison. One of the major themes of Dickens's great expectations, his late novel of childhood and growth into manhood, is the impossibility of our ever escaping from our own pasts. What happens to us in childhood has an effect upon what takes place later in life, and the past, like a stain that can never be got rid of, keeps appearing long after we thought we might have removed it. We may think that the future holds great expectations for us, but perhaps it will only provide us. With the guilt and shame of our past, another of the main themes is what the critic Edgar Johnson was to refer to as 
Dickens's lifelong preoccupation with prisons. The short first chapter of Great Expectations opens up on Christmas Eve in a desolate cemetery on the bleak marshes of North Kent. A small boy is there, alone, looking at the graves of his mother, his father, and his five little brothers, who gave up trying to get a living exceedingly early in that universal struggle. It is a raw afternoon towards evening and the graveyard is overgrown with nettles. The little boy's name is Pip and as he looks at the River Thames in the distance and becomes aware that the distant savage lair from which the wind was rushing was the sea. He begins to cry in desolate grief. Hold your noise, cried a terrible voice as a man started up from among the graves at the side of the church porch. Keep still, you little devil, or I'll cut your throat. The escaped convict who terrifies Pip is called Magwitch, and the second syllable of his name suggests something supernatural. His presence, like a nightmare come to life, will have an effect upon the rest of Pip's life. He bullies and threatens the boy into stealing some food and a file from the sister and brother-in-law with whom he lives in an old forge on the edge of the marshes. One effect of this is to make Pip feel as though he himself is a criminal. And when he does steal some bread for the starving convict, he hides it down the leg of his trousers like Magwitch has an iron fetter round his own ankle. Conscience is a dreadful thing when it accuses man or boy. But when, in the case of a boy, that secret burden cooperates with another secret burden down the leg of his trousers, it is, as I can testify, a great punishment. Pip not only steals, he lies. And he does this because he is terrified that there is nowhere for him to hide. After all, Magwitch had threatened him with, a young man hid with me in comparison with which young man I am an angel. That young man hears the words I speak. That young man has a secret way peculiar to himself of getting at a boy and at his heart and at his liver. It's in vain for a boy to attempt to hide himself from that young man. A boy 
My lucky's door might be warm in bed, may chuck himself up, may draw the clothes over his head, may think himself comfortable and safe. But that young man will softly creep and creep his way to him and tear him open. Pip has no one to turn to because he has stolen the iron file from his only friend, his brother-in-law, Joe the blacksmith. And he has been warned by his sister not to be curious since his sister drums it into him that felons always begin their careers by robbing, forging, and asking questions. On Christmas Eve, Pip felt fearfully sensible of the great convenience that the hulks were handy for me. He can almost see the prison ships out on the darkening horizon, and he can hear the cannons being fired to announce an escape of a convict. In chapter 39, by the time that Pip is in the process of becoming a gentleman of great expectations, living as a trainee in London, he is sitting alone in his room at the top of the last house. It is 11 o'clock at night and the wind rushing up the river shook the house that night like discharges of cannon or breakings of a sea. He hears a noise downstairs and going onto the landing finds the staircase lamps blown out. He hears a footstep on the stair. There's someone down there is the knot. I called out, looking down. Yes, said a voice from the darkness beneath. What floor do you want? The top, Mr. Pip. That is my name. There's nothing the matter. Nothing the matter, returned the voice. And the man came on. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to search for and listen to the next episode in the series to build your topic knowledge. Hit the Acast Plus link in the show description to become a premium supporter and unlock access to every episode in every series for as long as you need. We also make GCSE and A-level content for history, RE, sociology and psychology. Happy listening, everyone.